Thank you for joining us on episode 13 of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid, where we talk to researchers previously funded by Australian Rotary Health about their research findings. I'm Jessica Cooper, and with us today is Professor Jane Perkis from the University of Melbourne. Professor Perkis is chair of the Australian Rotary Health Research Committee and has received a couple of mental health research grants from ARH over the years. Today, we will be talking about the findings from her grant project from 2003 called The Impact of Media Reporting of Suicide on Actual Suicidal Behaviour. Professor Perkis is the Director of the Centre for Mental Health in the Melbourne School of Population and Global Health. She has undertaken a number of policy-relevant studies of suicide and suicide prevention in Australia, including profiling the epidemiology of suicide and suicidal behaviour among the general population and among at-risk groups. Jane has a particular research interest in suicide and the media. She has also undertaken a number of evaluations of large-scale suicide prevention programs and mental health care initiatives. So thank you, Jane, for joining us on our podcast today. Um, how's everything been going for you, especially now with um, Melbourne in lockdown? Yes, yeah, so Melbourne is back in lockdown. Um, I think we've got quite used to it. We're um, my centre, uh, the people in my centre have been working from home really since the original lockdown. Um, there was a bit of a move to return to campus and a few people had started going back to the university, but really um, we were, it's kind of business as usual. We're quite used to it now, I think. Yeah, it's, it's good that there is that flexibility to work from home, like when you need to, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Your work's, yeah, in front of the computer. So, yeah, well, that's good. Um, well, yeah, I guess not so good about, yeah, being in lockdown again, but yeah, I guess we're kind of used to it now. <laughs> yeah, we're coping. Yeah. Um, I know um, that quite recently there have been some reports in the media with ex um, experts warning that suicide rates may spike, um, particularly in our young people as a result of this global pandemic um, and the recession. Um, since your area of interest is in both suicide and the media, I was wondering if you had any thoughts about this. I think um, so. It's a bit of a uh, um, it's a bit of a tricky one. You know, we certainly know that um, some of the really big risk factors for suicide, like economic hardship, are, are absolutely likely to be um, heightened as a result of the pandemic. Um, uh, and so, we definitely need to be doing what we can to mitigate those risk factors. So, we need to make sure that. Um, people do have economic supports, people have um, uh, good social supports around them, and also that the, the mental health system can cope. Mm -hmm. I think it is also worth saying, though, that there are some interesting um, protective factors that seem to be heightened during the pandemic. So um, there are good examples of communities rallying around people who might otherwise be socially isolated, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. it's for me, it's definitely mitigating the risk by um, by minimising the risk factors and promoting the protective factors. 
Yeah, yeah, it's certainly an interesting time. So, I mean, it will be interesting to see how things are, you know, uh, after this, maybe, you know, 10 years on and, you know, see what happens there. Um, I, so I guess, yeah, it was a, a while ago now, but back in 2003 with a mental health research grant from Australian Rotary Health, you did some quite groundbreaking research um, on the impact reporting of suicide may have on actual suicidal behaviour. Um, can you tell us where the idea um, came from to conduct a project like this and, and how you went about answering your research question? So we became quite interested in the, um, the likelihood that um, media reporting of suicide can lead to um, imitative acts or copycat acts. So we did a project, uh, we did two projects. So we had um, funding from Australian Rotary Health to look at the impact of that sort of reporting. But mm -hmm. alongside that, we did another project that was funded by the Department of Health um, to look at exactly what the reporting in Australia was like. And in fact, um, the reporting was reasonably good um, although there were clearly there was clearly some room for improvement. So, for example, um, there were there was room for um, for more stories to include information about where to seek help if someone was feeling vulnerable. Um, but but on the whole, the reporting was okay. Um, but uh, when we looked at um, uh, the impact of um, not so great reporting on um, suicide rates, there was clearly evidence for it. And that was similar um, to what, what's been found in international studies. There's, there's quite good evidence internationally that um, irresponsible reporting of suicide that, for example, um, describes suicide methods in a lot of detail or um, glorifies the act of suicide or makes it really prominent. Um, those sorts of reports often do lead to spikes in suicides. Um, so we found that um, a, a significant proportion of the not such great reporting did seem to be associated with um, increases in suicide rates, um, uh, which uh, prompted us to work with Mindframe, um, uh, or with the organisation that, that is now called EveryMind, who are responsible for the Mindframe guidelines, um, to, to modify them a little bit um, and help them roll them out to journalists. So when we repeated the exercise later, the reporting had improved even more. So as I said, the baseline was not, not too bad, um, but with the Mindframe guidelines, the reporting really improved. Hmm. So um, I guess were these findings um, surprising to you? Um, no, not really. Given what we knew from overseas, um, uh, there was, there was already mounting evidence that um, this kind of not such great reporting can be associated with, um, with increases in suicide. Um, uh, and it also wasn't really surprising to me that Australia was doing quite well. Um, but, but as I said, there was some room for improvement and, and improvement certainly happened. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, believe, yeah, after, you know, those results and after, you know, putting it through policy, you know, you have seen that it has improved. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that's, yeah, it's great. I know, yeah, from a, a journalism point of view, there would be some challenges in finding that balance between reporting something that's of interest to the public and, and making sure the reporting doesn't do any harm in the process, I guess, particularly when um, it's such a big name like a celebrity. Um, I guess, what are the recommendations in this case? 
So, so you're right about that. Absolutely right about that. There are, there are tensions and different imperatives on um, what journalists are asked to report on or, or um, view as important to report on. Um, celebrity suicides, as you say, are a particular case and it's, it's inevitable that um, celebrity suicides do get reported. It is worth saying that the Mindframe guidelines and, in fact, all similar guidelines around the world are absolutely not about censorship. So they don't say don't report on, on a suicide. They say if you're going to report on a suicide, think about how you might do it. Think about, think about whether you should, but, but if you're going to do it, um, think about how you do it and there are better and not such great ways to do it. And so one of those guidelines is to, to always have those those contact details there, like in case yeah. there is. Yeah. 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 And, and so what about, I guess, um, social media as well, like with regular people being able to share and post information about suicide anytime they want without that kind of regulation? Um, do we know yet if it also has an impact on copyright? Yeah, behavior? social media is a much more slippery beast than traditional mm. media. So as you say, um, it's not... You know, if you're creating guidelines for journalists, that's relatively easy because journalists are a kind of finite professional group. Whereas if you're trying to create guidelines for um, uh, people who create content on social media, that's everybody. Mm. Um, so I think, I think we need to be clever about how we do it and think about it a bit differently. So, for example, um, Joe Robinson from Origin has created um, guidelines called ChatSafe, which are about encouraging young people to talk safely about suicide online. So again, they're not about suggesting that young people shouldn't be talking about suicide online. Um, and it, in fact, they explicitly acknowledge that young people do talk about suicide online, but again, that there are better and worse ways to do it. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure that would be very helpful for people. Um, yeah, to, to look at that is yeah, it's um, it's such a big topic, and it's really you know it's a sensitive topic as well. It's hard to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like the findings um from from this grant really were important for making changes to absolutely. And Australian Rotary Health made a massive difference. You know that that mm -hmm. funding um was the springboard for a number of other studies that we've done since. Um, and uh, in fact, you know. That was 2003 is a long time ago, but it was still relatively early on in my career. And it um, meant that I um, uh, became a bit known for working in the area of suicide in the media. And that in turn meant that I was able to join forces with international collaborators from all over the place, which has been fantastic. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I guess, you know, it's always great for Rotarians to hear where their fundraising has gone and, and their donations and, you know, especially a project like this, you know, seeing the success of it, it's, you know, something. Yeah, it, it, I think, it, and absolutely with my hand on my heart, I would say that it really did make a difference. It was very influential. It, it, made, it, was, it enabled us to do a really good piece of research um, that was influential in terms of policy and practice. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, for, for any Rotarians, you know, who might think about donating now to, to mental health research, I guess, um, would you have a message of encouragement, you know, to, you know, let them know just how important it is to donate to this kind of research? Well, I think that it's um, really important, um, particularly at the current time. It's, it's, um, it's important, you know, men the mental health of the population is really important all the time, but in the context of COVID, it's really heightened. There are the, the mental health cons consequences of COVID 
are still probably yet to be seen and will almost certainly unfold. And um, there will be uh, lots that we need to learn about how to um, make sure that people come through COVID um, mentally healthy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been really great having you on our podcast today, Jane. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add before we go? Um, no, I think that's all. Thank you, Jessica. Great to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, you too. Well, that was the 13th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. On behalf of Australian Rotary Health, I would like to thank everyone who donated to our COVID-19 appeal recently for mental health research. It's been a tough year so far for donations and we understand how difficult it has been for many Rotary clubs to go ahead with their usual fundraising events. We appreciate your support, especially now. If you can, please continue supporting important suicide prevention research like Jane's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.